Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. My guest today is Randy Kaneska, and we're going to reflect on Sean Morris. But before we do that, we're going to talk about the new administration in Cahos with Bill Kaler. So, Randy, do you like what you see? No. <laughs> Uh-oh. That, did I answer your question? <laughs> okay. Look at that. Here's the thing. You have a new administration. Um, to be honest with you, I don't like uh, what I've seen as far as bringing on uh, two positions. One, a public safety commissioner, which we haven't had a public safety commissioner in over 30 years um, and in the city the size of Cohoes, it's it's absurd to, to think that you need such a position for $70,000, not including benefits, so you're up at $100,000 bringing somebody out of state retirement who's already receiving a hefty pension and bringing him on. So there's that hiring a political consultant, and nothing wrong with political consultants. I to a degree, I'm a political consultant, but to hire a, a political consultant to do your publicity uh, and put this individual in as a director of city operations for, well, it was for $65,000, and then a week later, she got a raise. She got a $5,000 raise. So I don't know where uh, in the real world, and I always say that, you know, in these city halls, it's not the real world. It's It's fantasy land and then in the real world you have the real world so i don't know where somebody gets a five thousand dollar raise after a week a week in the real world but you know in city hall you don't have uh, the real world but this individual uh got a five thousand dollar raise so now you have seventy thousand dollars again with benefits a hundred thousand dollars to write press releases to follow the mayor around with a camera and do all this you know lovely stuff uh again not for the people for it's for them. It's not for the people. $200,000 a year after four years, you're almost talking a million dollars. Cynthia, we have zero dollars in our capital account, mm-hmm. capital improvement fund, zero dollars. You look around the city, the city's falling apart. The public buildings are falling apart. So if you think of a, almost a million dollars in four years, that can be instead of giving it to salaries for needless positions, can be reinvested in, a, in the community and in a city like a hose that is, that is desperate for capital investment. I just think that would have been the better way to go, but you know, the mayor is the mayor, and the mayor you know, chose otherwise, but I, I didn't like that. Secondly, uh, the process. He didn't inform the council. The council had to read about it uh, in the newspaper and on Facebook. Uh, I don't even know how they paid the public safety commissioner because they didn't even have a budget line to pay the man. So they did it some type of a nefarious uh, dealing as far as paying uh, this person until they could have done the budget transfer, which they should have done immediately. So I I just don't think we're off to a good start. And to top it off, I I believe tomorrow afternoon – at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, they're having a state of the city address. Now, again, in the real world, <laughs> people work. 
people work at two right. o'clock in the afternoon. So, but when you're not, when you're in the fantasy land, you think to yourself, oh, well, that's not going to be a problem because I'm available. <laughs> who, yeah. you know, who cares about the citizens of Gahos if they're available? Well, we don't care about them. We're just going to put on this production, you know, for ourselves, for our own self-aggrandizement. And I just find it to be an utter slap in the face to people in our city that work during the day, that have school, that have to get their kids to school. They're not going to be able to go at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You have school getting out. It's just absurd. But it's, again, it's not for the people. It's for them. It's for them. Half of the common council can't even attend. Think about this. The majority of the common council has to work. I know at least three that have full-time jobs that are not going. So that's half of your common council can't even attend your state of the of the city. It's absurd. Not off to a good start, in my opinion. Wow. Wow. So uh, Sean Morris uh, last week was uh, – he was put on probation. Um, um I'm sorry. Can you share your thoughts? Uh, I know you you and Sean have bucked heads over the years, and you've come on the show a few times since he's left office or even before. What's your feeling on the fact that he received probation? And what do you think his political future is? Well, look, at I, I've been on your program, and I think we made some news uh, <laughs> on your program yeah, uh, when yeah. I last was on. Right. So, look, at I think – well, look, at I think the United, the assistant United States attorney said it best. I mean, to quote to, or to paraphrase, he said, look, at this man has done great things for the city of Cohoes, and this conviction should not define this man. So I will just echo what the assistant United States attorney said in open court in that. Sean did great things for the city, and the conviction should not define him. And Cynthia, when you look at this, I've said it, and I think the sentence speaks for itself. I mean you're talking about several thousands of dollars apparently misappropriated. I don't know. I think if it went to trial, he probably would have, probably would have been found not, not guilty. But in the federal mm-hmm. court, it's very expensive. It's very difficult. If I were in Sean's position, I would have pled too. I would have taken the deal. I don't. I didn't. You know, to to spend you know even more on attorneys than he have, he has already spent to go to a trial. No, I wouldn't have done it. So I think at the end of the day, you have much to do about nothing. I don't believe you would have had any federal investigation without the allegations of domestic violence. I just don't think so. I I can't prove that. That's my opinion. Um, you know, the feds want to come in. Uh, when they want to come in, they're going to come in. Uh, so that's what happened here. But the way I think the media, you know, and the media does what it does. And I was, you know, again, I was a factor in the media spin when it came to Sean. You know, but that this man was some type of, you know, career thief and he was conspiring and rousing the Rachi and the whole thing. Look, in my mind, it was just absurd. I know these two men very, very well. I can tell you that there was no conspiracy um, to defraud uh, donors. <laughs> These guys raised hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years, and 
the end of the day, apparently $12,000 was not uh, properly accounted for. And that is wrong and shame on uh, them. But Cynthia, this happens every day with politicians all over the country, all over the state. Kathy Sheehan uh, had um, uh, was found to have misappropriated uh, campaign money, and she was fined. Mm-hmm. You have other individuals that if you look through their campaign filings in the city of Cohoes and beyond, you will see gross irregularities. You will see gross misconduct and, dare I say, criminal behavior on the part of elected officials who sit in office today. So we need to go through everybody. We need to go through everybody's account, and we need to say dollar for dollar. You had an, well, you had an instance with Mr. Napier who received $8,000 from one company now, and the Times Union reported, now not against the law, because, you know, uh, Mr. Kelman, uh, you know, it was $1,000 out of this account, $1,000 out of this LLC, and that's how they get around it. Okay, so there's that. And then you have others. So don't tell me that Sean Morris rousing Naranchi are you know these you know career criminals when it comes to campaign accounts? Give me a break. Go through everybody's account. You're going to find a lot of stain on a lot of people. And at the end of the day, what you have here was an unfortunate thing, exacerbated by allegations of domestic violence, exacerbated by the media portrayal of the allegations of domestic violence, and then came the feds. So I think at the end of the day. I think you have what was I it's in a way Cynthia an exoneration of Sean. I, I mean if, if you really look at it, I look at what happened the other day, especially when you have the comments by the assistant United States attorney, it seemed to me as some as really an exoneration. Um so you have a man exonerated basically from federal charges, a man who was never charged with any other crime related to uh, domestic abuse or anything of that nature. Uh, So I think you have, again, an exoneration. And when it comes to a political future, I think that the the political future is up to Sean. Uh, And I think if he wanted to run for mayor in three years at the rate we're going here, he could probably win because I don't think the thousand people who voted for Sean in the worst in the worst of it, last year, not vote for him again, they would vote for him mm. again. So there's a thousand people right then and there, and, and Sean only lost by about a hundred votes. So, but that's up to Sean. You know, I don't know what his plans are. I don't, I don't know. But if you listen to his comments, I don't think he's ruling anything out. Let me ask you this, and I think this is. Given the scenario of what's going on all over, if Sean Morris did stuff that other politicians are getting away with, in the city of Cahos, why do you think he was singled out? I think he was singled out because he's Sean. Um, (laughs) Again, and I've said this, Sean didn't do himself any favors. Sean is an outspoken guy. He tells off reporters, <laughs> tells them to go to hell. I mean, the whole thing. 
you know, that doesn't doesn't help your cause, right? You know, Sean is loud, he's bombastic, um, you know, and that, you know, it doesn't help your cause. So I, I think that's part of it. But, Cindy, I, I know for a fact, I know for a fact elected officials in the city of Cahokos, if you go through, have engaged in criminal criminal behavior when it comes to campaign finance. I know for a fact. So, and these people better get off from their high horse. And either they're too stupid to realize they engage in criminal behavior or they just don't care. Either way, it's really unconscionable. So they better check themselves at the door and they better realize that, you know, there by the grace of God go I. Okay, so when you talk about well, you know, people scraping names off doors, Mr. Napier, and all this kind of you know in-your-face crap that these people are now engaged with, you know they're very they're you know they're very high on the hog right now in City Hall. But trust me, Cynthia, in politics, you know things can come crashing down very quickly, very very quickly. So I think people better check themselves. They better start doing for the people. Start doing for the people of the city. And not for yourselves, and get off of your high horses. That would be my advice to those people. Now, you you um, you say there's been a lot of irregularities, and you um, specifically mentioned Kathy Sheehan. Well, Steve Napier was Kathy Sheehan's campaign manager. That's so, correct. Uh, Yep. That's correct. So there, well, mm-hmm. there you go. There's another, there's another tie-in, and and we know Steve Napier, uh, as reported by the Times Union, you know, received eight thousand dollars from one company, not against the law, as the way they finagled the, uh, the donations. But I mean, come on, that's, I mean, come on, Cynthia. Where people aren't stupid, we're not stupid. And mm-hmm. and I have to relate this to you know what's going on with. Not to bring the national in, but you know you have people like Bernie who get all these low dollar donations, and then you have people like this Mayor Pete who's getting all this this, this Wall Street money from from billionaires. So look, right. all politics is local. All politics is local. Either you're going to be for the people, or you're going to be for yourselves. And there's a lot of people, unfortunately, in government in this area that. In my in my opinion, it's just my opinion. They're not for the people. They're just not. They're for themselves and they're for their own political advancement. If you look at how they behave, and if you look at the performance, and if you look at the cities that they govern, it's just my opinion. Now, the important question here is: on a countywide level. The Republicans um, identify very few candidates to run against the Democrats. Therefore, the Democrats have a free hand. They get to do whatever the hell they want to, and they feel that not accountable. Would you say that the problem is because the Republican Party in Albany County is very weak? Look at I don't I, I, that could be part of it. I don't I don't know if the Republicans are the answer necessarily. I mean we had Republicans run in the city of Tahoe and not and not a one of them won. But you know why they didn't win? Because they didn't go out and work. 
They didn't go out and raise money. They sat in their house and went on Facebook. And, you know, Cynthia, running a campaign, running for elective office, I don't care if it's for city council, mayor, senator, president of the United States, it is hard, hard work, especially when you mm-hmm. have a family, wife, you have other obligations. It's even harder. And I think what people don't realize is that they have it in their mind that, oh, I'm going you know, to run. I'm going to run for office. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? When push comes to shove, when they realize all the work that gets involved, they, they just mm-hmm. kind of peter out. You know, they, they just kind of maybe they start out a little strong and they do this, and then they just kind of fade away. You know, you have to you have to have a, you have to have you know you have it's they call it the fire. My friend, uh, uh, my friend Ralph says the fire in the belly. Ralph Singerachi says right. you have to have the fire. You know, it's it's like Rocky. You know, you have, you know, remember in the first Rocky, remember, and he won, and then remember he got lazy, and then he got knocked out, right? And then he says, well, Rocky lost, <laughs> he lost the fire, he lost the eye of the tiger. He Cynthia in politics, right. you gotta have it. If you want to win, you gotta have it. You gotta have it, and these these people just don't have it. And not to say that they're bad people or they're necessarily bad candidates, but they're not willing to put in the work. So I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, Working Families Party, Green Party, whatever it is. You can win if you put in the work. If you have the eye of the tiger, I'm not saying you will win, but you can win. And that's what and that's what you need to have. And we've seen it. We've seen these things happen um, where you know people win where they're not expected to win. We see it in time and again, nationally, statewide, locally. It's a lot harder. But to answer your question, yeah, I mean there is no real opposition party, uh, you know, in, in no. Albany County. There's been one since the 1920s. <laughs> you know, when when Dan right. O'Connell created. Is created his you know machine. Not to say that the right. machine. I mean, there is no real machine now. It, it's 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 kind of a party. You know, it's a free for all, and there is no real party establishment anymore. But as far as not having an opposition party, I mean, well, I don't. Well, you've seen Paula Mahan almost got taken out county by Republicans. So again, you know, it, it just it just depends on the candidate and, and if that candidate is is willing to put the time in the blood, sweat, and tears and, and have that fire in the belly, and you can win. On any level, would you say? On any on any level. You know, we've seen it. And not to say I agree with a lot of her politics, but, you know, Ocasio-Cortez took out mm-hmm. a very powerful establishment Democrat, Joe Crowley, took him out. Right. And this, this woman was a bartender. Now, again, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with her with all of her politics, but I – I have to give this woman all the credit in the world. She won. Mm-hmm. She knocked on the doors. She she walked right. her district all over, up and down, handing out flyers, and she won. So I give this woman all the credit in the world, and it only proves that it can be done. But but let me, let me uh, play devil's advocate for a moment. And you've probably seen this many times. When you have a candidate that is not favored by the, um, I want to use the word establishment, 
So they they see this up and coming person as a threat. And I'm going to use I'll use uh, Rodney Wilshire as as an example. In both his races for mayor in in Troy, the party was so upset that he was doing this that they they found somebody to run against Rodney to take away enough votes for Rodney so that Madden can win. So this is done over and over again, in my opinion, where somebody is seen as a threat, then uh, the party grooms somebody and identifies somebody who could step up to the plate and take out enough votes from, from the challenger so that he will not win or she will not win. It's done you're, over Cynthia, you're, you're and abs- over. You're, you're right. It's done. It's, a, it's absolutely correct. And I don't know Rodney, but I know enough of Rodney to know that he's a guy that has a lot of passion uh, for his city and for the people in his city. And I don't know Mr. Madden, but I have to tell you, uh, I don't know what, what planet Mr. Madden you know, lives on. Uh, he, he, I'm sure he's a very nice man, but the city of Troy, uh, and I'm in Troy a lot, and I'm in neighborhoods of Troy that you wouldn't want to uh, go down. Okay, trust me. And I don't know where this man is. I don't know if he is aware of what, what's going on, but the city of Troy, uh, Lansingburg, um, it is, is falling apart around this man's you know, feet. And but and again, what and, and and Mr. McLaughlin was correct in what they did to uh, Rodney and putting in that Republican, um, and 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 the whole thing. And it's very it's very unfortunate because Troy is a great city, but Troy has suffered from just you know very poor politics. Well, really, as long as I can remember, even going back to Steve Dorsky, uh, who just passed away, but you know going all the way back. Troy is just but, – but Cynthia, all of our cities, I think, in this area, if you look – and I travel a lot, and you know, you, you go to other places, they, you know, the development and the cleanliness and the, the vibrancy, and then you look at you know, our cities, and we you – know, there has been some progress, but it just seems to be – we just seem to be so far behind. And it just indicates to me that we suffer from very, very poor politics in these cities. And I'm not saying Democrat, whatever it is, it just seems to be very, very inefficient. Um, it just seems to be very mismanaged. You look at the, the development, you look at the deals that these developers and the money that's handed out to developers for these apartments, but – but, but what it, and and they're built, but it doesn't seem to improve the area at all. It doesn't seem to improve the neighborhoods. It doesn't seem to really improve the the city as a whole. But yet millions and millions of dollars are just kept, you know, given away to to developers who are connected to the to the politics. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think there, really the- whether it's Troy. I'm sorry. There's the part. There's the party people. There's the uh, yeah. There's the good old boys. Right. I call them the good old boys. Yeah. I call them the good old boys. Right. Okay. And and what 
I believe is is the case is that the average person doesn't kind of comprehend how this works so that the party people get to maneuver their own little games behind the scenes and they feel that the public isn't going to realize that so that's why this happens. What do you think? I agree, but Cynthia, the average person, to their defense, they don't have time. You think of the average person. They get up in the morning. Okay. They get ready for work. Yeah. They go to work. They, yeah. they they work eight, nine, ten hours. They come home. They have kids. They right. got to pick up their kids. They got to make dinner. They got to do the homework. They got to do whatever they got to do. They don't have time to go to a city council meeting. They don't have time to to go to the blogs, even to listen to your program and to do the things. They just don't have the time. It's a, it's much – the society today is much too fast-paced. It's much too – um, you know, not conducive for political uh, involvement. You know, they may read the paper, they may catch the news, they may have an awareness of what's going on. But to your point, they don't have a a deep awareness of what's really going on. Okay, you're right. Okay, Randy, people do not. Randy, until people understand the, or have a deep awareness. Then this, the way it's being done, is going to continue to be done over and over and over again. The people lose, the city loses, but the the people in, in so-called power, they're walking away with money in their pockets to the banks, and they're laughing all the way. You're not incorrect. Look, there's good people in government. I'm not saying everybody in government is bad or is corrupt, and that's not true. There are many, many, many fine people and good people that really have good intentions. I think the problem is is that when people are around for a long time in in positions, I don't care what the position is. You know, you know, George Washington had the best idea there ever was, right? <laughs> You know, you give up power, right? I mean, that's if you think about it, and it's very hard. It's very hard to walk away, but and maybe that's mm-hmm. a that's a, a case for term limits. I don't know, but you know, you get a little stale, you get a little static, you get a little too comfortable. You become maybe you know go along to get along. You don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to say nothing. You just kind of want to do whatever you want to do to to kind of keep on keeping on. Um, and that's, I think, what most, you know, elected people, um, you know, are about. You know, you don't see much in the way of uh, results. And then you look, and, and again, it kind of goes back to Sean, right? Sean was not that type of a person. He was controversial. He was bold. Uh, his ideas mm-hmm. were were bold. He was a doer. Um, and he, in in doing so, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way in the media. In City Hall, the city workforce uh, mm-hmm. didn't wasn't his greatest fan. Well, why wasn't why weren't they his greatest fan? Well, from what I understand, because he, because he kind of started to lay down the law even in, among the fire department. You know, the firemen have the thing where they like to call in sick. It's a little game that they play, and they have all this sick time, thousands thousands of hours of sick time, 
and they call in. So when one calls in, guess what happens? It allows for another somebody to, to come in on the overtime. Okay, it's come on. Everybody knows how the, how the system is played. And Sean, as not only a firefighter but a, <laughs> a former president of the union, said, "Hey, wait a minute. This is costing taxpayers hundreds of thousands of dollars." And he says, "I know, mm-hmm. I know it better than I because I wrote the contracts. So you're not going to pull the wool over my eyes." But guess what? You're going to be sick. I want a doctor's note, right? I want a doctor's note. we got to clamp down on this. So what happened? You had half the fire department was against them, right? So, you know, and, and, and with the, uh, the issue with the Bleach Street Firehouse, he said, hey, wait a minute. He said, I know as well as I. These guys just want to go up there and hang out. There's no calls coming out of the, out of the top of the hill in the city of Cohoes. They want to be up in that station. They want to staff two other guys to do the overtime. He says, I know that. He says, no, let's put an ambulance. Let's, cl- let's close this thing. We'll put an ambulance up there that will serve the, um, the residents of the hill, which primarily are EMS-related calls. They're not fire calls. There's no fire load up on the top of the, the hill with the single-family homes. And what did they do? They came out against it. So – Again, when you have people like a Sean or whoever that, that say, hey, you know what? This is wrong, and we're going to rock the boat, and people are going to be upset with me. You know, that's, you know, that's, a, that's a hard thing, and, and a lot of politicians, they don't want to do that. They would rather just say, hey, you know what? Let's just keep that open to just pacify everybody because I don't want to have to deal with it. I don't want to have to deal with the fallout. I don't want to deal with the unions. I don't want to deal with the council people. I don't want to deal with it. I just want to make it go away. But Cynthia, in doing so, in doing in making it go away, you're not solving the problem. You're not saying, hey, wait a minute, we have a problem. We have a situation that every expert will tell you you don't need three firehouses in the city the size of the city of codes. It's absurd. You don't need it. And matter of fact, it doesn't contribute to a to an efficient emergency response. It detracts from it. It detracts from it. We know that. We have studies. We know it. But again, instead mm-hmm. of just taking the difficult position to say we do not need this any longer and we want to make a change after 10, 15 years of status quo, you know what I mean? We're just now back to, well, we'll just go back to the way it was and make everybody happy. But you may make people happy, but you're not solving the problem, and you're costing the city and you're costing taxpayers hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars in needless, needlessly to keep a building open that you don't need. So, again, it's, it's people like Sean. When you rock the boat, it's tough. Mm. So, Randy, our time is almost up, but I've got to say, next time we talk, I focus on Albany. Please don't be such a wallflower. <laughs> well, see, I guess, Cindy, I guess I'm I'm kind of guilty of being, um, I guess maybe I'm more of a rock the boat, too. I'm not a go-along to get along. never really was, um, mm-hmm. and that's just my nature and my style. Um, I'm very I'm very passionate. I, I care very deep, deeply about, you know, the issues and what really needs to happen in my city, and I hope it does. I hope the administration kind of gets back to where I think they, they know they need to be. Um, I'm hopeful. Um, we'll see, you know, with the state of this city tomorrow. But unfortunately, I have to work, so I can't be there. <laughs> right. So, Randy, I'm sure. Well, we're going to talk later on in the week, 
And, you know, I hope that you'll uh, continue the dialogue with me because outspoken people in the community can make a difference. So you have been listening to Randy Kanifka. This is Focus on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, download on your smartphone, subscribe to iTunes. If you have a comment about this show, hashtag Focus on Albany. Thank you, Randy, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day.